Listening to Battle Red Radio. I'm at Weston tonight. I'm joined by the Seth to my Ryan, my good friend Taylor. How are you doing tonight, Taylor? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. You know, I haven't had anybody go through my emails, so I feel I feel safe. I feel calm. I'm enjoying myself. It's Friday. Yeah, that's always good. The old ladies been watching the OC, and I've never watched the OC before, and it's just California Sopranos. You know, people said that I look like Adam Brody. You know that, right? So He's my least favorite character in the show. By the way, you know, like back in the day, whenever I would tell people I look like him, that's what I was referring to. Because this guy right here, biggest OC fan, seasons one and two only. After that, hell no. It gets I'm not bad kidding. after that. Well, it's just all about like the drugs. Because they had nothing to do. So it was about pretty much just making it seem like that. What's her face? Was it Marissa? Yeah. Yeah, the tall skinny one, dude. I haven't seen that show in a million years, and the fact I can remember the name—that's how big of a fan I am. I love her voice. I just like listening to her talk. No way, dude. Summer is so hot. Oh my. Yeah, I'm just talking about her voice, though. Oh, you're only wait. You really? You like into that voice that much? Yeah, it's just like very, just like California, just stupid. The problem is, I can never have another voice sound sexier than Scarlett Johansson and her. Oh my God, that made me fall in love with the voice. I would fall in love with the phone if it talked to me like that. Well, get ready for it. It's going to be here probably in five years, so. That's fine. I'm telling my wife. She'll love it. Yeah, delete your dating apps. You don't need them because you have the the phone you can fall in love with instead. Taylor, who are you talking to? My phone. Mind your business. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't watched before and it's insane. And like they could have made three seasons out of the first season. It's 27 episodes, and every episode's like just action-packed drama, you know? Well, yeah, and especially when some old family members come into play, because obviously it's about kind of the outcast kid who is broke, always in prison, then making himself into the rich community. I mean, that's a realistic storyline. That's, what is it? Is this, like, pretty woman just reverse? Alice, I like how he's five foot four and he's fighting everybody. Yeah, I but said, I also, you should relax. You're five foot four. It's okay. I love him as an actor, though. Is he in anything else at all? He's in Gotham. He plays uh, the young commissioner. Yeah, so she was saying. Yeah, and he's good. I actually like him. I'm surprised he's not in more things. Ryan, is that yeah, his name? That's why I called you the. Dude, I'm I'm, Ryan, you're sad. That's why I called call that to start the show. But it's nice. I'll sit there and watch football, and she'll watch that. And um, there's worse things that could be on the television, you know? And I like the music, too. Uh, yeah, no, everything about it just screams early 2000s. I love every oh, yeah. second. Uh, outfits. outfits. See, I would take it a step further. And by the way, you can even ask your wife if she'd want it. But I'm pretty sure that I have an old VHS tape with original commercials of the OC recordings when it was on the Fox Network premiering. Yeah, I think I have that. that. <laughs> I think I got it, man. I'll find it. Next time we come over, we'll watch that. 
Yeah, I recorded Dragon like over Dragon Ball Z for that crap, and I was like 14 years old. Mm. 14 year old Taylor was such a pervert, dude. Yeah, where are your loyalties? I know. But yeah, it's fun though. I was just like, this is just like The Sopranos, except without all the murder. Instead of Italians, it's rich Californians. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the same thing at all. In fact, it's more resembling Gossip Girl than Sopranos. I just mean like it's a family drama, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same family drama. It's like saying it's similar to Breaking Bad. I wouldn't call Breaking Bad family drama, though. That's like an anti-hero that's, story. That's a family that's drama. That's an embracement of the shadow. It, okay. I, I guess it's just not very funny is the difference, because Breaking Bad's not very funny. Yeah, well, unless like you think like his son tells jokes and everything. Maybe you like that stuff. I don't know. I think probably the... The hand job when he's she's on the computer is probably the funniest part of that show. If they would have killed Skylar, I probably would have loved the show. But since they didn't, it's in the top five, but it can't be number one. Skylar lived. Well, Saul's better than Breaking Bad is. Still haven't seen it. I need to. Yeah, it's better. It's better. Um, so we're a quarter way past into the NFL season now that we're five weeks in because they had to do the stupid 17th game. And so four games, you know that one-fourth of 17 is like 4.32. So we had to wait for five games to be a quarter through the NFL season. Actually, maybe we should have done this one quarter into last week instead. But So I did power rankings for today That because there's not even – it's not a full number, you know? What's 4 divided by 17? 4 divided by 17? Yeah. It is 4.2. That's what I mean. We should – or we had to wait – Ten minutes into the first quarter, and be like, "All right, all right, let's see, what, let's do the the quarter poll power rankings." But so here are the worst teams. All right, you ready? Yeah, they want me. Jacksonville thirty two, then the Jets Ooh. at thirty, Dolphins Ooh. no Jets at thirty one, Dolphins at thirty, Lions at twenty nine, Atlanta at twenty eight, Houston at twenty seven, the Colts at twenty six. Those are the worst teams I have in the NFL. So I'm going to completely agree with you in every single way, except for Matt, do you think that with the Dolphins that they should be a little like, I don't understand this team. And also at the same time, how much are they going to regret drafting Tua? I didn't. Well, so I went back and watched the video of Tua against New England that week. And I didn't think he was that bad. Like he was pretty good that game. And he like threw no, no, the ball I mean, down the sideline well, but the game against Buffalo was the bad one. I'll never forget that. Whenever he's staring at the slot corner blitz, he stares right at it, sees it, turns his back. He's like, "It doesn't exist anymore." I turn my back to it, and then gets crushed. And then the this, the time he get really got hurt was whenever Epinesa ducked under the punch and took a shot to the hip, and he's out. I just can't go over how bad their offensive line is. It is it's so- the worst offensive line in the NFL. So what you're saying is that they really needed Laramie Tunsil to be able to Nobody help Nobody won out. that trade. <laughs> That's insane that in the end, the Dolphins didn't actually end up being that great of a team, even with everything they received. It was the Fitz magic that was making them good. Now that they don't have it, everything's gone. Well, I also I understand why they're not blitzing that much this year. A defensive, they're pretty easy to play against because they don't blitz a whole lot. Like, even against Carson Wentz, they weren't blitzing very much, and they were doing a lot more, you know, front four pressure and playing, you know, more kind of two-eye shells, which I don't understand, you know, very much so why they would do that. I think their scheme's been kind of off. And also their offensive coordinator is George Godsey, who is the guy who 
coordinated the Brock Oswaller Texans in 2016 and was absolutely terrible at that. So I have no idea how that guy has a job. But yeah, their offensive line's like, um, Austin Jackson's been bad. They drafted him in the first year and replaced Tunsil. And he was a younger player. I think he was like 20 when he was drafted. Like, oh, we'll develop him. Even though they haven't developed him by the offensive line. They have Liam Eichenberg starting right tackle. He has been very good. Um, Hunt's been pretty good at guard. Dider was bad center. They're starting Greg Mainster in the interior. They've already had injuries on the offensive line too. But yeah, it, the offensive line is just a travesty. And so it's just like all quick passes and RPOs, and they can't run the ball at all whatsoever. It's like their best offense is probably throwing the ball 40 times and having every pass three yards. So then who would you say is more disappointing, Dolphins or Jags? Um, the Dolphins, because like the Jacks have at least been fun, and like they've lost close dumb games. I I do think like, or the only team that's done a good job building an offense around their rookie quarterback this year is the Patriots. All the other teams I think have done a terrible job at it. Kinda, but it's still just such an easy thing that they're wanting Mac Jones to do. They're not asking him to do a yeah, whole lot. Yeah, that's the point though. Like they're like, been- they're maximizing what Mac Jones can do instead of like putting putting them in these like offenses that don't really work for him at all, you know. And that's fair versus where you have Wilson, where you're just asking the guy to just do everything. Just send the right shotgun up. and get pegged. Yeah, exactly. So I I can kind of understand what you. I just feel like that there's really the ceilings like you can see with Mac Jones. That's my problem with it. Is that I don't really see yeah. him going like above him or being something great versus the other guys. Where I get it, where if they have an offense developed around them, they could be much better than Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is like Alex Smith without the legs. Yeah, but that's Alex like Alex Smith in a wheelchair. That's not, I wouldn't want that though. You want that for like a year or two, but you don't want to hold on to that forever. Yeah, I mean, if you have a really great defense, which they don't, you know, I don't know. I mean. We'll talk more about Mac Jones when we talk about the the game preview. So the mediocre, I have the Bears at 25, the Steelers at 24, the Raiders at 23, the Giants at 22, the Patriots at 21, the Eagles at 20, Washington, our football team at 19, Minnesota at 18, and then Denver at 17. I'm surprised. You're being very unbiased right now. I got no disagreement so far here with your list. Usually I'm arguing to storm up. But, I mean, all of those – I just feel like that all those teams have a shot to be better than what they are. And just to your point, they're on the mediocre slide. The only ones that may be able – now, sorry, even Teddy is on that mediocre slide. I'm going to agree. Well, and so Denver has beaten one team who's won a game, and that was the Giants. That's the only team they've beaten this year who's won a game so far. And, uh, and like, he took that bad hit against Baltimore, and he was concussed, and last week he still kind of looked a little funky. The one thing that kind of made me mad in that Baltimore game, though, was he had that tight end wide open down the sideline, and the tight end just couldn't make the catch. So the ball was perfect, and he just, like, let it go right between his hands. And that could have kind of changed the entire first half from being up 14-0 instead of only being up 7-0. And they took the hit from, you know, Alway, who, who's been awesome this year. But, I mean, they just haven't beat a good team yet. And the Steelers aren't a good team, and they had problems last week, too. I think Teddy was still a little fuzzy last week. You better hope that Teddy's able to turn it around, Matt, because otherwise looks like Teddy's still just the same old Teddy. And He's not been a- awesome. No, it's well, not a Teddy he's, issue. He's been awesome. Yeah, he's been so great. Too bad that whenever it's a good team, he can't seem to be able to pull it out. Well, he, he got – well, you can't, no, no. You can't, say that, you can't say this if his brains are leaking out of his head. He got hurt. 
So? Yeah, you can't say he didn't pull it out if he wasn't even on the field at all. You know what? I'm still going to blame Teddy because Teddy should be in the game. Because, because it's, e- it's easy for you. To, it's, that's the easy thing to do. Whenever Mac Jones came that Steelers game, I just went, <sighs> I did that Olivia Soprano just, ugh. I watched the third quarter and then I turned it off and it's exactly what you'd expect it was last year. And I do think Washington's the most disappointing team this year. I don't know. Over Dolphins, that's a pretty hard one. I will say that maybe my expectations for them, yes, but it's more of on the defensive side of the ball oh, for that, sure. that I'm most disappointed in because even the offense, I mean, the offense is trying to do some things here. I mean, Gibson, Heineke, McLaurin, uh, they've done, Logan, they've done a lot this year on the offensive side that seems like they're putting up points. Their defense was supposed to be able to help them so that if they do put up points, they end up winning. Their defense is just, that's been the biggest disappointment. I just wouldn't say their whole team as a whole. Just, I mean, their defense should be a top five unit, you know, sure. and they it keep should. trying to play zone coverage and it doesn't work at all. And also their front four hasn't been good enough this year. Like it just flat out hasn't. They ha- and it hasn't been as good as it was last year. And their linebacker play, like Holcomb is, has taken a step back. Bostic took a step back. And, um, and so they've had issues that, at that position too. I don't know. I just it just makes me sad. Like Cameron Curl is not in the same position he was in last year with Landon Collins being back. Like all the talent in the world is there. They just haven't put it together. And with like Heineke playing how he's playing, the way the offense is playing, this would be a Super Bowl team. But instead, because the defense has dropped off like it has, they're you know below average. And that's and that's what I mean is that when it comes to Heineke, I'm kind of upset for him. It seems like that this guy, and that's why everybody loves him. He's truly giving his all, and oh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping he's a warrior. He's, I'm hoping he's going to get some type of contract, man. I think he is. He deserves something, even though we're still a quarter. I'm just talking like this. It's just still Heineke has been the bright spot. And everything else has just been whatever on that defense. I'm so upset. Ron Rivera is better than this. Yeah. What has he been doing this whole time? I think he's like uh, he's like Case Keenum. I think he's really similar to him. Maybe if Bridgewater and the Broncos go seven and nine, they could sign Heineke next year, and Teddy can come down to Houston. <laughs> so you just want how many how many quarterbacks would Denver have gone through in just a ten year span? <laughs> I mean, we've the- we've gone through before, yeah, and then they've gone, gone through like nine the- so far since Peyton retired. So you're saying number ten is the magic number? <laughs> no, there's no magic <laughs> number. Uh, <laughs> Certainly not Teddy. The, so playoffs, I got Carolina at sixteen, Tennessee at fifteen, Cincinnati at fourteen, Seattle at thirteen, and this is, and depending on how long Russell Wilson's gonna be out, of course. San Francisco oh, yes. at 12, Green Bay at 11, New Orleans at 10, and the Chiefs at 9. The only thing, I mean, I just, I don't know what it is. I just don't like the 49ers here. I got, like, I just don't like them at all. I think Seattle's definitely going to fade. But I also think that 49ers should be better, but there's just something that's not right with what they're doing. Whatever there's, it it just doesn't flow in a proper way where it seems like Shanahan's overdoing something. I don't know. It just seems like that it's not right. This team should be much better than what they are. Yeah, I'm just frustrated by Trey Lance as a runner. He's a coward. But it's not. A, you know what I mean? Like that. It's like just, you're you're there. You're run first right now until you're able to open the offense enough. You can start making passes and 
you kind of like fade away from that as you get better as a passer. And he's just going down at the first down marker. Every time he sees the tackle, he ducks and he and he dives instead of going through hits and making people miss at all. And he can't do that. But that's the thing, Matt, is that Put you're also hard asking, in there if you're going to do that. But you're also asking him to take hits. I'm not sure that if I get what you're saying that he's supposed to be run first. It's just you're still asking the guy who is a quarterback to constantly take hit after hit where eventually he is going to get popped and it's going to hurt where he could be out. I just I don't like that at all, especially with it being so constant. Well, I'm, I don't well, I'm just being like if it's third and six and you're four yards and you're two yards short, you have to go for the first down. And instead he dives head first into it rather than actually try to make plays and convert. And it's just frustrating. I mean, the defense is really good. It's been fun to watch how blitz-heavy they are. Um, you know, Weatherspoon's been really good as a at cornerback. And the pass rush has been great. The linebacker play's been fine, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, offensively, I think my kind of my favorite, my new favorite thing to watch them offensively is watching Mike McGlinchey at right tackle because he's enormous. He's like 6'7", 315, all muscle. And I call him a off-the-bus player. It's so like whenever you play football, you get off the bus, you, you look across the field at the team you're playing against, you like look and see how big they look and, and to see what you're up against. And McGlinchey, when you get off the bus, is absolutely horrifying. He's like the scariest guy you've ever seen. And then you start playing like, this guy sucks. He has no hand usage at all. He like he doesn't really like have any tenacity. He kind of like just runs in a blocks, you know. And uh, and he hasn't been very good since he was drafted, and so I was like I was like looking watching McGlinchey and just seeing what what he's been doing off the bus, you know. I'm I'm really happy, Matt, that you were able to stare at a big gigantic guy who's getting off the bus, and that's why you like this 49ers team. No, I'm that, like, this is one of my favorite things I watch him, and they run really good toss plays. But yeah, they're kind of stuck because they're, they're bad toss plays. They're great running toss plays. They're Georgia Tech. This is it. No, this team, I think it's it needs to be more passing here. He needs to do something else. And I think this is on Shannon. I just I think he needs to try something else here. I don't I mean, they're kinda of damned if they do damn if they don't. Like Lance needs more time than I thought he would need, and Jimmy's terrible. And so it's like, okay. do you wanna do you wanna limit your ceiling with Jimmy, which you already know what you have, so you win what, ten games this year? and get your head kicked in the first on the playoffs, or do you want to give Lance a shot now, then maybe there's a higher potential this season. And I'd rather see Lance out there than Jimmy. I'd rather you not try to kill Lance, and then I'm with you. I just want to be kind of toughing up some, you know? Dive, you if you're at up. the first down marker, go for it. Wait, Jump over the defender. Say, just go for it every single time. He's 6'4", he 225, he Taylor. He's, six, he's bigger than most running backs. He's 6'4", 225. It doesn't matter to me. Be I a man. Still... Go, for, go try to get that first down. You can ask for it maybe once or twice, man, but you ask for it every play. I mean, until he learns how to throw the ball, that's what he has to do. No, just let him throw it. Let him no, be used. This something. is my offense, is what he has to do. All right, so we <laughs> should be contenders. I got Cleveland at eight, Baltimore at seven, Los Angeles at six, the Chargers at five, Dallas at four, Tampa at three, the Cardinals at two, and the Bills at one. I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide when it comes to the Buffalo. Because since they did prove and they pretty much dominated, I'll give it to Buffalo. Because to your point on what we talked about last week, Buffalo out of everybody that we've mentioned, besides maybe Dallas, and I know that sounds a little biased, but I don't really care, but they just seem like the most complete overall teams. I just still doubt Cleveland because I still don't like Baker that much overall. 
and I don't think he's going to be able to get it done. But everything else, I I would say yes. I would say Buffalo is probably numero uno at this point. Yeah, the thing, so that game against Los Angeles, their punter kind of blew both games for him this year that they lost. They had that, that he dropped the snap against Cleveland, which led that touchdown and kind of started that run the Chiefs had. And then against the Chargers, they punt after, you know, not after running the ball in third and seven instead of trying to go for it, because that's what you do at Baker at quarterback, I guess. And exactly. he, that guy, he punted the ball 30 yards. He had a 30-yard punt, so they punt the ball over. The Chargers start at like the 47-yard line, and then they throw one one pass to Jared Cook in the flat, and now they're in field goal range already. And then it just goes to Eckler, and then it goes to Eckler, and then they score 26 points in a matter of like 10 or 12 minutes. Yeah. Is what, uh, what the hell? That's just that's bad. And I get that's not overall Baker's fault because he doesn't play defense, but still, that's just. That doesn't make me like Cleveland. That just makes me believe that they're still Cleveland. They're getting, they're getting close, though, you know? Yeah, but you hope. You hope. It's always it's taking that little bit. It's it's like what Will Ferrell says. Once it touches the lips, it's so good. Yeah. It's all what, man. Well, it's they play just... Arizona. Well, also, they were also without their left tackle last week in Willis. They were without yeah. Clowney. They were without uh, Ward as well. What uh, Newsom, he, I guess his knees bothering him a little bit. And then uh, they're out Newsom as well, too. So they're out like four of their starters, and they should be healthy again this week. They play the Cardinals this week, which should be fun. By the way, we also have to stop the, the Traquan Smith watch. He's hurt. <laughs> we have to stop all the watches. It's the last year. We're never bringing them up again. Well, Clowney watches how many pressures does he have, and he's like six in the NFL in pressures. No, that doesn't count. Yeah, he gets a lot of pressures. He just doesn't get sacks, you know. That doesn't mean anything. Pressures. I get pressures by sitting on my couch. Oh, yeah, from, from your, your bowels, from eating nachos. That's the pressure you get. I don't eat nachos. This body only eats sandwiches. Well, <laughs> you know what Clowney's nickname is here on Pro Football Reference? Is it? I don't know. I guess he doesn't have one. I guess he doesn't have one. You asked, do I know his nickname? And then you say he doesn't have one. Uh, I thought it said doo-doo, but I guess it was something else. Oh, and guess how many sacks Clowney has this year? Clowney, watch. You ready? Two sacks, seven quarterback hits, five tackles for a loss. You know what? That's a watch. That's really good. I'll give you that watch. I said he at least have four this year. You did. You did. No, 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 no. I didn't know he had two. Okay, this is... Okay, the clowny thing can still be held. Tregon Smith, we're done. He's hurt. It's, it says Marquez Callaway watch instead. Exactly, but still, we're done with Traquan. Never bringing him up again. Yeah, no, done. We're never talking about Traquan ever again. Um, so, my, so my MVP here, I have Kyler, Offensive Player of the Year. I have Derek Henry, Defensive Player of the Year. Miles Garrett, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jamar Chase, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Away, away from the Ravens. Comeback player of the year. I have Danelle Hunter, head coach of the year, John Gruden. <laughs> they start 3-0, and all right? So coach of the year goes to John, huh? Yeah. You think that they're going to give him that? Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out at the end of the season, you know. It's still a long to, season. This is going to be a long shot for him, I think. <laughs> all right, so... What did you start with MVP? Yeah. Man, I got two. I got, I got two on some of these here. That's my problem because I'm still in like the midway point. So since I doubted him, I have to put him, man. I hate doing this. I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. It's Lamar Jackson. 
I'm putting Lamar Jackson up as MVP. I'm putting a slash mark, and I'm going to put me some Tommy. That's who I'm going to put as my two front runners right now. And it's because with what both guys have been able to overcome, with Lamar not having any type of running back except for somebody off the street, Tom having zero type of secondary, and they are still able to overcome these things, I'm putting those two as my MVP. That's fair. You know, you know Brady's first in uh, yards above replacement. Really? Yeah, he's first. He's fourth in DVOA. How old is he? Is uh, he like 50? 47. Yeah, this is insane. He's going to he, win. He MVP. also has completed the furthest air distance pass this year. What? Yeah. Have all no the quarterbacks. Way. Yeah, he's done the furthest pass that has been completed. And even after with Herbert and what we talk yes. about. And he's also, he clocked in at 13 miles per hour in a scramble against the Patriots. That's the fastest he's run since they've been able to track that information. And that's over like the last like four years. I don't understand okay. it. I think he's like uh, Christopher Reeve, that South Park episode where he's just cracking up in phoenixes and su- sucking up their spinal cord. That's the only thing that makes be, sense. It's the only How is he turning back the clock unless he's Benjamin Button? But he didn't look like Benjamin Button, so he can't be Benjamin Button. Something's not right here. It's got to be fetuses. I think so, too. I, I agree. Offensive player, even though it's funny because I have the two MVPs, I only have one offensive player, and I'm still going to pick him. It's still my Herbert Sherbert. He is okay. still my offensive player of the year so far. That's just you being dreamy. Leave me alone. When it comes to defensive player, I have Trayvon Diggs. It's not even close. This is insane what the man is doing. If he pulls off the interception per game, oh, my God. Offensive rookie, I have Jamar Chase. Did you say Jamar Chase? Yeah, I said Jamar Chase. I have Jamar Chase. You know, so he's he's like, he. I think he has 25 receptions. The same place rookie has 24, but he has twice as many yards as them. Yeah, it's like 456 and like five. <laughs> yeah. He has like yeah. twice as many uh, receiving yards as any other rookie wide receiver. Wait, wait. So he only has 20. I didn't look up his reception number. So he only has 25 receptions? Yeah. So you're telling me five TDs, 25 receptions. He scores a touchdown 20% of the time. Uh, he has five touchdowns. Yeah, but I know. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, so 20% of the time. Wait, is that right? Did I do the math? I think so. And 20%, yeah. yeah. That's 20%. So, oh my God, it just seemed too high for me to even say. That's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, my defensive rookie, I'm going to be a little bit biased here. It's Micah Parsons. It's not even close here. Micah Parsons could be played anywhere on the field. He is dominating right now. Easily probably the second best defensive player on the best defense I've ever seen in my life. And then when it comes to comeback player, I have this also split in the middle. And I'm sorry, but this is also another biased pick. But I have this at Dak and Zeke. I have this at I have this Dak's at Dak. That's a good one. Coming back from the injury. I mean, Elliot played last year, though. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking about Fat Boy just, you know, not looking like himself. Well, you forget about the mental part of the game. Well, you know what? I'm still going to say this is the comeback. This is my comeback, okay? Yeah, the 2 on 4 is back. (laughs) You know what? It doesn't matter. I'm picking them. They're my comeback. It's fine. Jack's going to win it. We both know. Oh, I'm missing Coach, right? Yeah. mm -hmm. I'm putting Brandon Staley. All right. Yeah, because yeah. the, the Chargers are actually win the close games. They lost every other year before. Exactly. And the only team they've lost against is probably one of the top teams in the Dallas Cowboys. So that's that, why. That fourth and seven they hit by throwing that corner route was stupendous last week. I love that. 
Well, pretty much him and Mike Williams have the biggest bond I've ever seen because he just throws it up and Mike Williams is there. I have no idea how that second touchdown happened. I need to go back and watch the video. The first one, they played quarters and then uh, Del Pitt was stupid and stirred the cornerback. He was like, what are you doing? Oh, I have to do that. And he was wide open. I just have the second one though. Um, so the most receptions for rookie wide receivers, Najee Harris, 28, Waddle, 27, Smith, 25th, Pitts with 24, Chase with 23, but Harris has 198 receiving yards, Waddle 231, Smith 314, Pitts 308, then Chase 456. They all have one touchdown. He has five. That's what I mean. It's insane. And even when you, it's, dude, we'll, we're going to talk about it. Something wasn't right. We're going to talk about it. Um, so last week, we both went three and two. We're back. We would have gone three and one, but we missed our locks. Yeah, that happens. The locks is tough, you know. I was going to say, the locks seem like they're killing us now. Oh, for sure. You know, we had to make this more difficult, and it's just made it uh, impossible now. So I'm 8-10 and the season. You're 7-10. and This week we're discussing Houston against Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are 10-point favorites at home. Welcome to the barn, baby. The Chargers, Ravens, the Ravens are at home. They're three-point favorites. Bengals, Lions at home. The Bengals are three and a half point favorites on the road in the Peeney Bowl. And then we have Cowboys, Patriots. The Cowboys are on the road. They're three and a half point favorites as well. So we'll start the clock here with the. Te- oh, we'll start the clock here with the Texans and the Colts. Um, the Colts are 10 point favorites. And the Colts right now, they're second in run defense DVOA. And they're 31st in pass defense DVOA. They have no cornerbacks, they're all dead. Xavier Rhodes, they re-signed to an extension. He wasn't very good last year. Now he's a year older. And he's even slower and worse. They're also starring somebody named Anthony Chesley at cornerback now because they went ahead and, bu- and benched Rocky Asin. Uh, and TJ Carey's hurt as well, too. And then they also benched Kari Willis because he can't play safety at all. And they have Anderson Sandejo, Dime Blonde, and looking absolutely insane, um, playing safety as well, too, for him. So the Patriots, I mean, the Colts have gone from having like a top 10 defense top 10 run top 10 pass defense to now one of the best run defenses in football and one of the worst pass defenses and they can't rush the passer because chris ballard has never drafted a good pass rusher in his entire career well all right so i'm not i was kind of wrong when it came to the Colts, so i'll completely admit that i thought they would be a much better team overall but i mean even with you saying the defense as bad as it been it's just they seem like that they're in the game still though it doesn't seem like that they're too far out. I mean, Kinda. only one team, only one team has scored over thirty points against them. So it's not to say like they're doing that horrible. Especially, I mean, when they go up against the Rams, the Titans, Ravens had to score thirty points in overtime. I'm not. Well, all those teams beat them deep down the field, though. And that's like, fair. They, they were good against the run, except for against the Titans. Like Henry, like crushed them the second quarter on. But Seattle crushed them deep. The Rams crushed them deep. The Ravens crushed them deep, and the Dolphins kind of did, but they didn't throw the ball downfield until like the fourth quarter, and they made a little bit of a run in the second half. So, I also have to say this: I think that Carson Wentz is done, and that's just because I think he's going to make a great quality backup somewhere. I don't think so. I think he's he's like Joe Flacco, though. He's not in the business of backing somebody up. Wait, wait. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. I know. So, Carson Wentz won a Super Bowl. Wentz did not win a Super Bowl. Matt. He held the trophy up. 
there is no way he could ever tell himself that I won this Super Bowl. Joe Flacco has like crazy stats when it came to being in the playoffs. Carson Wentz does not have any stats when it comes to being in the playoffs. I'm going to look up his Instagram real fast. I bet it says uh, Man of God, Super Bowl champion. Please tell me it says Super Bowl champion. If it says Super Bowl champion Carson Wentz, then okay, you're exactly right. He's probably worse than Joe Flacco at that point. But my whole thing with even watching him, it's it's No, no, it says Christ follower, husband, father, quarterback, outdoorsman at Wentz Bros Outdoors, audience of one, thy kingdom crumb. Good God. Is that like is that like a what what is that? I guess is it's that a like a food uncle? truck. So what do you mean it's a food truck? What are you looking at? I'm just I'm just checking out Carson real fast, all right? What are you just looking at his live look at his family? Okay, Thy Kingdom at- Crumb is a community initiative dedicated to helping all 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 caps people experience the unconditional love of God by distributing quality food for free. Join us. What? That's sweet. Damn, they this got is- they got beef stroganoff, dude. This is adorable. I, I, I love hearing about Carson Wentz's food truck. So what are you trying to say, man? Are you coming around to Carson Wentz? I'm trying to say I'm done with him. Are you trying to say he's a starter somewhere still? No, I'm not saying that at all. So you're saying he's going to open up his own food truck? No, he already has his own food truck that gives out free oh. food. I already so No, I mean, I mean, like, I just don't see him as a backup quarterback at all. I think he's one of those guys who's going to be, I'm a, I'm a starter. I'm only going to start somewhere. And he's a very obstinate backing up. And then whenever he backs up someplace and do the Joe Flacco thing where he's like, I'm not here to back him up. I'm here to win the job. And then he's not going to win the job. And he's going to sit there and you'll be petulant on the sideline, you know. Would you love it if he went to the Houston Texans? No, I'm all in on Jimmy Garoppolo, dude. Okay, you you keep saying that you're all in on Jimmy G. He is going to the New England Patriots, Matt. Just no, stop. He's not. Yes, he they is. have the same player, Mac Jones. But Mac Jones is somehow more accurate than he is. Um, does Mac Jones look like Jimmy G with his helmet off? I don't think he does. It doesn't matter. So, according to Bill Belichick, it matters, and that's all whose opinion I need because he wants the face, and Jimmy G has the face. No, nah, it's too late. I think he's going to Houston. But I mean, like G- Wentz, Wentz, Wentz loves God though, so I can see Wentz going to Houston too. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough one. I'm excited to see what God. So you could see him going to Houston. Yeah, they have they have a a (laughs) they have a Jesus uh, a Jesus guy helping run the whole football team right now. It's that football feeling. It's faith family football for the Houston Texans. Um, Hell yeah! So I want to talk about Chris Ballard because he's a coward for not going all in on free agency sooner. Whenever they had Andrew Luck and he was playing football, they should went all in free agency. They were a coward. They didn't do so. He retired. They didn't do anything about the quarterback position for three years after afterwards. Going for a set, going Philip Rivers, going with once now, and he, and also like he's one of those general managers who does a ton of interviews, like podcasts, and like says stuff to the media all the time to be able to give himself to pretty much create his own pra- propaganda to be like, oh, uh, actually he's a really great GM. I talked to Chris the other day, and he had the audacity. You're four as a drill manager saying, hey, I need the fans to be patient. We're going to start winning games. It takes time. You've been here for four years, dude. You can't say that all anymore. He's had one good draft class when he drafted Quinn, uh, Quinn Nelson and Darius Leonard and traded back in the same general trade collected multiple second-round picks. 
But that's it. He's ridden that draft class the entire way home. And, uh, and now, again, this past draft class hasn't helped him at all whatsoever. He can't draft an edge rusher. Their pass rush is bad. And they're like a very, you know, oh, they're like defense, I think, is mediocre this year. And they have one of the worst offenses in football. So let me ask you this, Matt. Do you think that he still stays after this season? Yeah, because they give another you know, Colts. But, you know. but here's also my other thing. Cause the nobody fact that nobody you... says this except for me and my, my friend who's a Titans fan who hates the Titans at the same time. But the fact that you and I have talked about where they have so much money, it seems, every single offseason, but yet nothing is ever done, and then he has the audacity to say, oh, you just need to be patient. Why wouldn't you even just take a shot just so people can say you overspent or did something with the money? Instead, it's like they just sat on everything. It's just nothing was ever done with this team when, to your point, the opportunities that they had when they actually had really good players, he just blew at the wayside. He says, no, I'll just wait till next year. It's like Taylor. I'm not, you know what? I'll take the trash out tomorrow. I'm going to procrastinate. And then the trash, tr- and then you miss the trash truck. And all of a sudden and you got you trash in your, in your garage for another week. Well, and it's Boom. also, um, yeah, I completely agree with that, you know? And then he, I mean, he made one big move by trading for Buckner. And like Buckner is a great run defender. And he's been awesome at creating passing range passing rush lanes for other people, but their pass rushes aren't good they drafted. Bonogu's not good. Quiddy Pay can't play, can't make the field at all. Um, they have Muhammad, they have Lewis, and they have Ture. And all three of those guys are good run defenders. They can't rush the quarterback at all. So they just have like five defensive linemen. None gets to the quarterback. The only time they do is when they blitz Leonard or they blitz Kenny Moore. But they can't really do that at all now because they can't cover anybody whatsoever. And so I don't feel bad at all for them. Um, you know, it's kind of fun to see. But this week, they have the killer the murderer, the unstoppable force, the 300-plus yards, three touchdowns, the best rookie quarterback in the NFL, Davis Mills. <sighs> Are you not excited, Taylor, for Davis Mills against this pass defense that can't stop the deep ball after Mills completed three passes over 40 yards last week? Matt, I was the one that believed in Mills. You were the one that didn't believe in him at all. So you screaming over there, being like, oh, yeah, look at this, Sam, the best rookie. You didn't believe in any of that last week. Yeah, and you don't you you know the, put up any points. You want me to tell you a secret, Taylor? What's your secret? I still don't believe in Davis Mills. Wait, so hold on. Even with you talking so much smack about the Indianapolis Colts secondary and their defense overall, you don't think Mills is going to be able to duplicate that type of performance? I just don't think the throws he made last week were replicable. You know? He made that throw to Chris Moore where, like, I mean, it's one of the best throws I've ever seen, but it just seemed like a one, one, yeah, it just seemed like a once in a lifetime sort of throw where he puts over the first defender, he gets jumped over, and then the safety thinks it's too high, so he's playing the interception. The second one was pretty similar to the first one, and the third one was a flea flicker. I mean, they do have a matchup down the outside with Brandon Cooks against Xavier Rhodes, or Brandon Cooks against Chesley, or Brandon Cooks against... um, Against against Kenny Moore whenever they play him, but I don't know how they're gonna exactly do it. But yeah, like that's the matchup there, though. Well, isn't that kind of exciting, Matt? Can't you tell that Davis Mills understands that Brandon Cooks is gonna have the number one corner on him at all times? So what Davis Mills was doing was he was feeding his other guys and Conley and Moore and then giving me some David Johnson. 
I think David Johnson your... is a wide receiver now. He's not running well, back yeah. anymore. Well, no, he might as well switch positions and fantasies too to running back and wide receiver slash Mark. But yeah, because they don't they don't do anything. What do you carry the ball like two one times time? for five yards? That's good. And how many catches did he have? I think five, four, four or five. Yep. Yeah. Five for 40. That's all it is. Yeah. They ran, a, they ran a cool play where they put him at wide receiver. And for whatever reason, McCoy is playing off man coverage against him. I don't know why. And he like hit a quick slam, fourth and two to convert. But that's why they trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, for David Johnson just to become a wide receiver. You know what, though? I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is having too much fun this year. Maybe, Maybe he, he is. is because he's on a winning team. But Matt. I mean, those stats, ooh. I don't think he ooh. cares that much. I think he's just happy yeah. he's playing yeah. like for a good quarterback in their winning games. Dude, I'm trying to make you like in the Texans crowd feel better. Do you want me to just say that it's still the worst thing I've ever seen and now DeAndre Hopkins is going to win a Super Bowl? Is that what you want me to say, Matt? I don't want to say those things. Do you want me to say those things? Yeah, I want to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear it so bad. God, I want to hear it so bad. Oh, my God. I don't even want to uh, be on this. But the, the one of the problems, though, is that last week they played the Patriots. The Patriots have a terrible run defense. Uh, then they shot from 30th to 23rd in run defense DVOA after playing the Texans' run offense. Once again, they averaged less than three yards a carry. Uh, Mark Ingram's like 33rd in run offense DVOA, a rush offense DVOA, and somehow he's the best running back on the Texans. I don't think Ingram's washed up at all, but they just can't run block for him. And you can break a couple of tackles and that sort of thing. And so now they're going up against this, you know, one of the best run defenses in football. And so you have, a, a, it's really like Ken Davis Mills hit four deep passes over 40 yards this week. And that's what this game comes down to for the Texans. I'm not sure if it is. I it, mean, I mean this, yeah, it is. No, it's not. It is. I say, no, it's not. I say Davis Mills has at least two. Then you got the game. He doesn't need three. But you forget the Texans have, have a bad defense. Man. They can't stop the run, and they're really bad against outside zone teams, and the Colts have a, a really good outside zone offense this year. And they're You're the only team. thing the only thing that helps them is that they're pretty good against screen passes, and the Colts love to run a lot of screen passes. But the Texans have run every single coverage out there, aside from playing man coverage, and they do, they can't do it. They've used three different secondary groups, and they're all bad. They can't stop the run very well at all. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor could run for like 200 yards this game. And it's really like their entire offense right now, though, is Carson Wentz using play action and throwing crossing routes and then throwing like corner routes to Zach Paschal or Mo Alley-Cox. Like, that's it. I just think that no matter what Carson Wentz is going to make is some type of mistake, and if the Texans can capitalize yeah. it and get maybe a turnover – or maybe even two turnovers, then I think that you're easily in this game. If but they get other- two, and Davis Mills throws two passes over 40 yards, they'll win. Yeah. All right. That's what it comes See, down to. Like, Carson Wentz quarterback, the only thing I will agree with you on, though, is the Jonathan Taylor, because we can talk about him. He has been really good. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he has been really, really great. And he's so it's fast, nice. too. And He shouldn't final- be that fast. Somebody's healthy to be able to watch because every other running back just gets hurt. Yeah. Um, so my pick here, I have the Colts 31. I have the Texans 13. And the other thing we forgot to mention is T.Y. Hilton's coming back from injury this week. He crushed okay. the Texans every year. And of course, he comes back right when they played the Texans. 
Ten point spread. You're freaking crazy again. I'm going with my team on the battle red block here. The Houston Texans, 18. The Indianapolis Colts, 25. All right. I like it. Well, you're wrong. That we're, we're one for one for this one because I picked the Bills to win 41 to 10, and I was too low. And you're right last week, so let's see who, who wins the tiebreaker this week. Oh, I will again because I'm Kay. picking the Texans. Woo! They play the Dolphins, I think, next week. Oh, yeah? And you know what sucks is Laramie Tunsil's out for four weeks, so we don't get the Laramie Tunsil revenge game. Oh, man, that would have been so great to have. Yeah, it's a real bummer. Um, <laughs> yeah. The next game here, the Chargers, the Ravens. What would you do? Is he going to run out there on offense or something, throwing the ball? Yeah, I guess so. See uh, how many pressures he can give up to Jalen Phillips. He's been fun to watch so far. So I think, like, in the AFC, you have the Bills one. They're in their own tier. And then you have another tier right below them. And you have the Chargers, the Browns, and the Ravens. And then below, and then you have the Chiefs there too. Even though the Chiefs have had some problems uh, beating, you know, the Ravens, the, 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 the Ravens, the Chargers, and the Texans, but they beat the Browns, you know, just barely. Um, so now we have like another good game. Kind of like last week when we had the Chargers and the Browns with the Chargers and the Ravens. Are you, do you feel better about the Ravens now? after how they came back against the Colts after kind of being, you know, kind of listless throughout the first half? I don't know, because it goes back to kind of what you and I have always talked about. I think Lamar last game was fantastic. Against the Indianapolis Colts, I think he was truly just the greatest. I think he knew the game started until the second quarter, but I think that he was absolutely fantastic once he started getting going because he was actually throwing the ball. And now it's really cool to see. It's because, dude, Mark Andrews, whoa, way to be trying to come on the scene here and just he start was like that last. He was like that um, two years ago, and then he had I, down the year last year. He was down the first, like he was like it was like Travis Kelsey two years ago, and they had down the year I mean. last year, and they kind of popped back the last two weeks again, which is great. Like he has such strong hands. Well, no, and he reminded me of the other night of watching Kelsey, which was really great to see where. Lamar just seems like he has two guys now that Watkins is down and Andrews and Hollywood Brown, which Brown is great for being such a little guy. I just think that Lamar has been fantastic without having any type of running back. And the fact that they are just getting away with games, because even the Detroit game, you have to remember that Mm -hmm. it was still a record field goal. That's the only thing that has me worried about them to where I can't be fully confident. But it's just been it's been fun to watch, and I was completely wrong about my guess, but I'm also not disappointed I was wrong. Yeah, well, like that first half, I mean, they try to run the ball, and they couldn't run the ball against the Colts. And the Colts are like a good run blitz team. Lamar Jackson, that fumble on the one-yard line that also, you know, kind of hurt, took points off the board too for the him. lateral. Yeah, that wasn't a forward pass either. So they kind of go off of, I guess, where they said that the initial thing was where the ball ends up or some nonsense. But it's weird because he's throwing behind him. If the ball is behind him, how is he throwing forward? Yeah, I understand. It was That was a lateral. Um, and I've always wanted to see the, the Bears try to do it against the Lions with Mac. He, caught, he got a fumble toss back to him. Or he tossed a fumble back off a... Uh, of a Quinsack, and uh, that didn't work out as spectacular as that one did. But yeah, but the thing about last week, this is how bad the Colts' deep pass defense is. 
that Lamar Jackson completed a pass deep down the sideline for a touchdown against him. I think it's the first one he's ever thrown. And he hit that one last week where you know Marquise Brown is wide open in the end zone. He threw that deep touchdown to Brown a post route where he split the safeties against Denver as well too. And I know Brown had those, had those drops against Detroit that required them to make a 64-yard field goal to win that game too. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's those two guys. And I mean, Jackson's always been a really great, you know, quick passer. But I think he's been a much better downfield passer so far this year. He's been throwing a lot more touch as well too. And he's been able to spread the ball out more instead of just being, you know, all Mark Andrews just by having like another layer of, you know, DuVarnay, you know, Sammy Watkins whenever he's healthy. And then also with uh, Hollywood Brown being healthy and making an impact too. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's where the biggest surprise is, is the fact where all of these guys are contributing big time and especially the downfield passing. I just never saw that coming. And even with him still, still... It's still mostly deep middle though. Yeah, but it's still more, though. It's like meaning like even though with teams kind of putting more because they know that they're not running the ball, I still like that he is able to pull off throws. Oh, for sure, for sure. I'm, I just mean like what, what he was – he's always been a good like deep middle thrower. The problem has been the sidelines, but I think he's been even better in making those throws previously. I think also part of it, too, is that NFL defenses have changed. You know, the last two years are now all the teams are playing two high safety sets now. And so now you have the middle field open, which has helped out you know, Lamar Jackson too. And uh, like their run game hasn't been very good this year. Like you mentioned, they don't have a running back at all. And really, like Jackson hasn't been very good as a runner in the right. run game. All of his rushing yards are really coming off of scrambles whenever he can't find anything open. But I do really love like how patient he is in the pocket. Like He's not looking to run. He'll wait there for seven seconds until he can find something open. And you, know, you can only play, you only cover some mind zone coverage for so long too. But I think for this game specifically, you know, the key for Baltimore's offense is to be able to split the safeties with like deep digs, deep post routes, um, those sort of like deep middle breaking routes. I know the Browns had a lot of success last week on screens and also deep digs as well too, where you have both safeties you know, collapsing on the post. They call that a pin combination where you have a post going over a deep end. And so I think that's like what Baltimore's key is to be able to move the ball well in this game. And it's funny, too, because the Chargers have a bad run defense, and typically that's what this game would be about. Can the Ravens you know, run for 250 yards, but they're a different football team this year, and they're really kind of just based around Lamar Jackson entirely, and they don't have that same level of run game they've had in previous years. But that's kind of what I mean and why I'm so impressed with Lamar and why I felt like he was the MVP. This is just reminding me of so much of the Patrick Mahomes, where when Patrick Mahomes lost all of his weapons— and it's just pretty much everything is just done by him. Where even if he makes a mistake, he's, some, he's somehow able to get the ball back to be able to turn it around. And he's able to do it quickly, not take your time or anything. It's just, it's really impressive how he's able to kind of kick it into a new gear this season. I just feel like that I'm hoping it's not too soon. Because usually you'd be hoping that these close games, I mean, the overtime yeah. game, two out of five, that this is happening at the end of the season going in so that your team is hot versus the start. Well, and they've won you know, three really close games like that. Indy, Kansas yeah. City, and uh, Indy, Kansas City, and Detroit. And their one big win was against Denver where you know, Bridgewater gets concussed in the first half. And you get Drew Locke, and they score zero points, you know. But that's and they have a ton of injuries too. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like if the if the one possession score like changes the other direction, you know they could be a team that ends up like you know nine and eight or whatever. You know. 
But and that's where beforehand, even with them being down to Colts, I never thought, like I've always said, Lamar's going to be able to just run the ball once they're down by two touchdowns. What yeah. the hell is he be able to do? And he's able to still bring them back in the game. It's It's been great. I just think that you're not going to beat the Sherbert. I think that he and the Chargers are just on a more consistent role, it just seems, where there's no panic whatsoever, where I get Baltimore Ravens are fun, like what I just said. I may like say something the complete opposite. It just seems like that the Chargers are more in control of what they're doing versus Baltimore, where at times it's a lot of winging it. Yeah, and like one, I think the problem like Baltimore has defensively is they're bad against the screen game because they have to blitz as much as they do, and the Chargers have been awesome in screens with Eckler, with Cook, even um, with you know, Keenan Allen to be able to catch some screen passes too. And then like they also just attack the entirety of the field. They are like against that Cleveland game, they did such a good job going lateral to attack Cleveland's defense. Then after going lateral and uh, and get them running all the all over the field and gas, then that's when they would take shots deep. And they'll hit those deep passes, Mike Williams too. And so I think there's another opportunity for that also for Los Angeles in this game. The one kind of concern, though, I think for um, the Chargers' offense is that Storm Norton starting right tackle still, and that's their weak spot. And so you can get Alway over there. You can get you know their their big Motley Crew pass rushers there on the outside too. And he was pretty good last week against Cleveland. You're going against Miles Garrett times at the right tackle spot. How long that holds up this week, you know, we don't really know. But that being said, like on the other side, you have Bosa going up against Macari or Villanueva, depending on who's healthy on that side. And so then those are the two most interesting pass rush matchups, and that could really kind of dictate like how much havoc happens to each quarterback too. But I agree with you. I think both these quarterbacks have really like good demeanors. You know, like Jackson always bounces back from mistakes, and Herbert, you can't phase Herbert at all whatsoever. Things are clean, they're neat, they go where they're supposed to go. The ball goes in the end zone. That's where it belongs. You know. Well, and that's what I love more than anything is that even with him like turning the ball over, even with the end zone the first two games against like Dallas and then where they play the first game, he did it again, though. But it was the fact where once he did, it's more like, damn it. And that was all it was. It wasn't like a slamming. It wasn't like hands on the hips. It was just, oh, well, I'll get it back. Like, it was just the weirdest type of he's just such yeah. a comp all around, which is what I enjoy watching. When it comes to the Chargers, though, overall, what I didn't expect from Herbert as well with last week, we need we had running ability. We He's always been able to run. I didn't know that. I've, yeah, Herbert Herbert's always been able to run. He had the Jets go. That one though, where he yeah he like he cuts to the sideline. Yeah. that one was filthy. But yeah, he's always been able to run. What uh, what's been weird about watching Herbert is their offense is just designed really well right now. He made one throw last week that was like that was. <laughs> That was unreal. Like he made one unreal throw, but the rest were just like scheme really like open really well. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't. He was much more spectacular to watch last year. But yeah, he's a better quarterback this year. It's a better run offense. But he isn't. Like Herbert was more fun to watch last season than this season. Wait, you think that he was more fun to watch last season? This yeah, season? just by like the like the insane throws he would make. I may, I don't know. He's better this year because the offense is better and the offensive line is better. But the throws he made last year were a lot like, they were like one percentile throws, you know. Like those throws that Michael Williams were wide open, the screen passes were open. I I agree, but that throw to Keenan Allen on that sideline where he just throws it over the top of corner. Yeah, yeah, that was the one that I mentioned that was like unbelievable. Like he had one of those last week, whereas like last year he would have like five of those every game. That's all I mean. It's better, but it's not like as insane, you know. 
doesn't need to be insane. Because no, no, it doesn't have to be. For school. I, I'm loving it, and it's funny because even with – dude, how good is Austin Eckler? And I just think that everybody forgets about him more than anything else. But if, when he's healthy and he just holds on to the ball, he can be a dominant back, which could then help them so that you're opening the field even more. It's just interesting because Keenan Allen just is kind of fading into the background with this. It's less and less each week. For yeah, him. I think it's I think it's also the Allen too. He gets the best cornerback, and also with him, he's like he's not as good against against zone coverage as Williams is because Williams is a lot taller, so he can just like box out cornerbacks. Same thing with Cooks or Cook. But uh, whenever they play a man coverage team like Baltimore plays, this is like a big Keenan Allen game than Mike Williams game this week. Ooh, so are you calling that Keenan Allen's going to have more receiving yards than Mike Williams? Yeah, let's do it. Ooh. Lock it down. Um, yeah, but it's been hard though for me now that you know, Josh Allen's my favorite quarterback and Herbert's my second favorite quarterback. And now all everybody talks about is Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, you know. there is. I saw some tweets on Twitter last week compa- uh, comparing Davis Mills to Josh Allen's rookie year because they needed time to develop and I had to go to sleep. I was like, I'm not getting into this. That's the exact same thing, man. Can't you tell? It's the I had to go to bed. You're supposed to be the Texans guy. I believe in the Davis Mills. Josh Allen jumped over Anthony Barr. Oh he stiff-armed God. J.J. Watt his rookie year. Oh, my God. It's Here not even go. close to being the same thing. Here we go. But, yeah, it's been hard. Like, this, like, that gross hipster part of me. It's been a, it's been a hard NFL season for that, that nasty side of me. But for this game, I'm going the Chargers. I'm going uh, Chargers 38, Ravens 23. Whoa, you got a total domination over there. Yeah, I think it's just a bad matchup for the Ravens, you know? Like, everything. Like, for how their defense their defense against this offense and also the fact that they can't run the ball that well against the Chargers' pass defense that's been good. And they have a good pass rush matchup for, you know, both of this week, too. What's the point spread? Uh, it's three-point favorites, Baltimore. Okay, good. I was like, I don't want to do that. I have Chargers as well. I have Chargers 33, but I have Baltimore 27. I don't have some type of wipeout like you do. Wipeout? Yeah. You got wipeout, man. You got like three score. You got a three score game going there. They've just been so far. Baltimore has. I think it's time that they finally break, you know? And that's what I keep thinking, too, is that it's going to happen one week where it's finally. I mean, just... it happened last week. Kind of. And then the Colts had a field goal get blocked, and they missed two other field goals. Man. Can you believe that last week was the numero uno week of kickers missing extra points of all time? Oh, really? I love it. It was 13 missed extra points last week. Get, they should get their heads out of their ass and practice. No, it I was know the, what kickers do all week. They just make jokes and they stand around the sidelines, you know? I completely agree. It just shows that they're not working as hard anymore and they're just smoking weed and hanging out. Yeah. And the thing, too, is the best idea of all time was to back up the extra I points. I love it. And that's what did it. Yeah, it's I love like, it. Now it's actually a kick. Make it further. Oh, I'm fine with that. What's it on right now? I think it's like 27 yards. You can make it a 35 or. I think it used to be um, 19. Now it's like 37, I think. Oh, it's 37? I, I don't know. I think they do it at the 10. So it's 10 plus 17 is 27. Yeah, 27. Man, I want a 35 or. Um, so next thing we have here. The Bengals and the Lions and the Pina Bowl. All offseason, what did we hear? The Bengals are so stupid for not drafting Peeney Soul. They're so dumb. This was an awful decision. 
how they can protect Joe Burrow. And so they took Jamar Chase. And you know what? Jonah Williams has been better than Pina Soul. And Jamar Chase has been a lot better than Pina Soul this year. I think the Bengals made the right decision. Um, all I know is, Matt, I was the one that was big on this team, not you. I was the one we that had came the exact this... same conversation. We said we Listen. want them to be good. We're, we hope they were good, but we didn't Listen, think they man. were going to be good. I was much bigger on this team than you, all right? I believed in them overall. But overall, you're, you're exactly correct. I can't believe where the Cincinnati Bengals are. They definitely made the right choices overall. But my whole thing with the Jamar Chase, dude, something was up. Somehow, somebody in the Cincinnati media controls the media enough to put out fake reports on how bad Jamar Chase is. When you that, watch, yeah, we t- that was the Pro Football Focus thing. Also, last year, I picked I picked them to win six games. You picked them to win five. Whatever, dude. Yeah. All I'm saying is <laughs> the catch that Jamar Chase made last week against Green Bay. That's not a guy that ever struggled catching the ball. Something was a lie. There was something that was faked in the media, and I want to get to the bottom of it. Who has the emails? That's what I want to know. It was yeah, it was Pro Football Focus that did it. Oh, it was man. it was pro it was uh, Pro Football Talk. They're the ones that did it. But yeah, like we mentioned, we talked about Chase earlier. He has five touchdowns. There is a rookie wide receiver with more than one. He has his he has he's fourth on the catch board, but he has twice as many receiving yards, and he just runs vertical routes. And he and Burrow hits him every time, and it's also funny because like Burrow doesn't have a really great arm at all, but he throws a touchdown on the sideline, and Chase gets so open that he's able to like just kind of jog under it, and also he's able to adjust the ball really well too. Uh, that touchdown, I think you mentioned against the Packers, even that one he had against the Bears too, where he adjusts to it midair to split two defenders was you know, pretty spectacular too. Uh, one of the things I was like really watching for the Bengals was how Jonah Williams is going to play this year because he was injured. You know, he missed his whole rookie year. And then last year he was injured off and on. He was my favorite tackle entering the 2018 draft class. And he's been awesome at left tackle this year. Um, he's really protected his blind side well. And the Bengals have like a sneaky good outside zone offense too. And you compare that to Pine, And pine has been really susceptible to inside swim moves. I think he's given up three sacks this year. And he's been kind of like lethargic as a run blocker. I'm like, sure, like Pine may be very good in the future, but as of right now, um, it has not been a disastrous decision. And the Bengals are better off with Riley Reef and Jonah Williams and Jamar Chase and having Pine, you know. Well, no, I completely agree, especially with overall when it comes to the Bengals. It seems like they've been pretty solid on both sides of the ball. Yeah. So it just seems like that this team is getting more and more consistent. Where after this year, you would believe that people are going to actually start predicting them to be more competitive and to easily be in the playoffs. This may just be the start of it. The only thing that I just always worry about is just Joe Burrow. I mean, didn't he have like a throat contusion or something last week? Well, I mean, he did, he did that thing against the Packers where he tried to scramble like third and 12 and he almost died doing it. He tried to be Josh Allen, but he's not Josh Allen. And he almost died trying to be Josh Allen. Um, Daniel Jones did the same thing, dude. These guys need to stop. See, that's what we were talking about the 49ers earlier. These guys need to stop. It's different, though, whenever you're you're there to be an impact in the run game. Oh my that's God. what makes it. And also when you're 6'4", 225. But not everybody is Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Everybody believes they are. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, Trey yeah. Lance should be like Lamar Jackson or Josh oh my Allen. God. <laughs> Joe Burrow should not be. 
Yeah, and Joe, just finally, Joe Burrow's like adjusting his knee brace and stuff and everything else. But yeah, I mean, he throws a lot of touch. He's had problems like throwing the short middle. He's been picked off twice like that. But I mean, just like with Ozoma, with T. Higgins, with Tyler Boyd, with uh, with Tate even, and then Mixon and P. Ryan, like the receiving talent here is incredible. And the biggest thing the Bengals have done on offense that's really helped them around is they stopped using those stupid empty formations. They're using a lot more shotgun formations, a lot more 11 personnel. So that way, they don't have to go. If they get blitzed by five guys, they can't stop it at all. And Burrow's throwing four-yard passes are dying. And that's changed their entire offense around where now he actually has the ability to take time and make throws downfield, look at more deeper advanced route concepts instead of being living in a bloodbath or throwing three-yard passes. And that was a great change by Zach Taylor to finally get rid of doing something he kept trying to do last year that didn't work out very well. No, fair enough. And I think also, even though uh, we haven't mentioned him yet, but with the offensive line playing better than what they are, it just seems like that now Joe Mixon is becoming awesome. Exactly. It's just that bigger threat now for the team. So you're having to account for more things on the offensive side. Like I said, after this season, dude, the Cincinnati Bengals should be extremely dominant next season. And with Joe Mixon being able to run the ball, you've named all the other offensive weapons that they have on the receiving side. Their defense then taking a step because you should just draft defensive players next year. You should. Well, and, like, if, and like an interior guard maybe. And if Yeah, I was going to say like maybe one, two offensive linemen. Always have to. But other than that, that's all you need because you have everything else. Well, and, and defensively, they've been pretty good this year. They have one problem, and it's their second cornerback. Like I, I mentioned, Eli Apple will be better than Trey Waynes this year, but he's not very good, and so he's going to shoot up a lot. Um, but yeah, like the probably the biggest difference is their linebacker play has been good. They drafted Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, and Akeem Davis Gaither over the last few years. And three years later, they're actually playing really good ball right now. They've been good in coverage. Their defensive front, you know, stack with Ogan Joby, Reader, and I think Henriksen and uh, or Hubbard and Erickson, they have the best like defensive like in like tag team duo combination. Not like performance wise, but looks wise, you know. Just two white guys, one is long sleeves and no gloves, the other one is short sleeves and no gloves. And Hemrickson's been an absolute, you know, beast. And the letters a lot of people like talking down that sign last year because he didn't have hurries and pressures and hit totals, but he had a lot of sacks with thirteen and a half. And he already has, I believe, six this year. Um and is in the top five in the sack totals this year. And he's been he's so good at, at ripping around the edge. And also at their interior pass rush they have with Ogan Joby and Reader, the quarterback has to step backwards because they're front four pressure by moving the pocket. And when their quarterback step backwards, that opens the door for the rips by both those guys, and they work in unison really well. They're like the Dudley brothers, but maybe they're like accounts or something instead, you know? When you sack Aaron Rodgers twice, you have my vote, all right? I'm a big Hendrickson guy now. After being able to see Aaron Rodgers go down, I'm loving it, which is all I want in life. Matt, I have nothing positive to say about Detroit. I have nothing. You can... You can talk about Dan Campbell all you want, and you could finish all you want, but I got nothing for Detroit, okay? Well, like that game, they lost to Green Bay. They lost the game because Rodgers made like 10, you know, batshit crazy throws. The problem I have is that just guard Devontae Adams. Yeah, they couldn't. <laughs> just do something. Just hit him. Like, elbow him. Whatever, like, what they would used to do in the old NBA if somebody's heating up from the three. Just give him an elbow. They just, really they really need just, like, to stab him in the side. 
Good God. Just you like it's, to, it's a prison yard, you know. You need to do something because one guy should not just be beating you every time. He throws it to one guy. Give uh, give Logan Wilson a glass beer bottle and he can break it over his face mask right when the game starts. That's the only way they could cover him. They didn't at all. Um, Detroit will like, look, the, the Lions are 0-4 in one-score games right now. When they lost to uh, their own four one-score games, and also the one game they lost for more than two scores was to the Bears. In that game, they had three red zone trips. They scored zero points on them. They had two two turnovers. They also had a, a missed field goal in the other one. And they got to the twenty. They got to the thirty-yard line. They had another turnover as well too. And that's really what the difference was in that Bears game because they moved the ball up and down the field pretty well. But I mean, like the defense is really bad. They can't cover at all. Their pass rush isn't very good. Their linebacker play isn't very good. But my favorite thing about watching the Lions, though, is they love like using bootlegs to Jared Goff rolling left, and it's the most awkward throwing motion I've ever seen. And like he completes them sometimes, and it's just like this real awkward, laborious thing. And the other thing that's really funny that they do is they throw a ton of out routes, and like Goff, you know, doesn't have the best arm in the world, and it's just like, come on, man, you're making me do this again. And he misses just about every single one of them. The ball bounces short. You know, it's too far inside. He gets picked off. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a prison for Goff trying to roll left and throw out routes this year. I was going to say, Matt, the only thing that they have this year, because I like their offensive line. I love both of their running backs. I think their running backs are fantastic and actually have been doing extremely well. The problem is they're not allowed to run the ball so much because they're always so far behind. Yeah. That then Jared Goff has to try to bring them back, which in the end... I think they're like fourth in passes thrown, and they're like 24th in rush attempts right now. Jared Goff is terrible. Having to watch him, he's just going to make a mistake. He's just going to blow it for you in the end. He's not going to do anything to try to win you the game. He's just going to make it look good, make it look close, but he's going to screw it up. I mean, like, I don't think he really screwed it up last week. I don't think he really screwed necessarily against the Bears, you know. I mean, like, yeah, like he could number a job with Matt, pocket presence. Matt, he was twenty-one of thirty-five and in an interception in two of three yards last week. Yeah, what do you but like he do? didn't blow the game though last week. What do you want me to do with that as a guy? His de- want- his defense blew the game. He threw the game-winning yes. touchdown. He threw the game-winning two-point conversion, and then it was the defense to let him down by giving up three passes on three plays, and they kicked a fifty-four-yard field goal to beat them. How about you complete more passes? How about you don't turn the ball over? It's hard. It's hard. They're also the the Vikings pass rush. They have a bunch of injuries in the offensive line. Their center's out. Decker's out. Um, the Vikings pass rush really chewed them up. What's funny about Goff's stats though this year is he has like a 68% completion percentage. He has like eight touchdowns and two interceptions, but he's throwing like an average pass of like four and a half yards. Like the Andy Dalton zone, you know? But he's made some good throws. Like I would rather watch... Jared Goff to Jimmy Garoppolo, though. Um, I'd rather watch him than Andy Dalton. Uh, and I Mac do. Jones. I'd rather watch him Mac Jones. Man, this is so bad. You're naming some <laughs> I don't know what to say. I put you Kirk over me. him, though. I'd rather watch Kirk. I'd rather watch Kirk. I'd rather watch uh, Goff than Carson Wentz. No, I'd rather watch Wentz. But Wentz rather- has, like, disaster potential, though. Yeah, I know. I'd rather watch. You know what? I want to watch that time. I want to watch this Wentz versus Jared Goff every single week. Well, you're, you're going to get Wentz versus Davis Mills, which should be uh, very fun. 
I don't know about that. I'd rather see the Jared Goff show. Well, you won't get it this year, unfortunately. Um, I love Cleef Raymond. I love Quintus Cephas. And I, I love like Cephas. Cephas, and I love his name. And Cleef Raymond's been good, too, you know? Yeah, I've heard of that name before. I love it. Yeah, Cephas is a good name. But, yeah, so I think the Bengals are good this year. And, like, they're actually good. And I wonder how long... I think it's going to be able to hold up, you know? It's going to be interesting to see what they do when they play, like, a more heavy, like, blitz-heavy team. But, yeah, the Bengals are good. Burrow's awesome, except when he throws the short middle and makes mistakes throwing there. But I'm going to go Bengals 27, Lions 23, because the Lions have to lose in a one-score game. And what's the spread? Uh, Three and a half, Cincy. Yeah, Cincy has to win. So I would pick Cincy 28. Actually, I would even put them even more. I'll put them still at 28, and then I'll put Detroit at 13. All right. All right. So the last game we have here, your Dallas Cowboys against the New England Patriots. Um, give me the spark notes on last week's 41-20 win or whatever it was. Well, I mean, more than anything, it just uh, didn't start out too pretty. Uh, Dak uh, struggled a little bit at the beginning, turned the ball over, but it was still fine in the end because there was no panic with this team. It was what I'm, it's what I've been talking about. I also love how Fat Boy has turned back the clock and that he is now giving the ball more where he's having over 100 yards because it's giving him that confidence. Everybody knows that Pollard should be running the ball more, but I like that they're giving Zeke still that confidence because in the playoffs, we are going to be needing him. You know Elliott's first NFL in DYAR rushing right now, and he's fourth in DVOA, and Pollard's first in DVOA. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I mean, everyone has been the most valuable running back in football. And then Pollard's been the most efficient running back in football. I just think Pollard has just been insane because every time he touches the ball, it's like he gets 15 yards. He's fresh. I also love that Dak is using just Dalton Schultz every single time. It seems like that he's just now looking more and more at the tight end. So no matter what a team is doing against the Dallas Cowboys on defense, I don't know what any team can do. And it's because with Dak Prescott, if he is – playing as well as he has where he is truly reading defenses to change plays to running to passing and if he sees what you're doing you lose and it's because you have the running backs you have the wide receivers you have the tight end your offensive line is playing out of its mind you have everything on the offensive side that would just drive any team crazy because you can't really pick and choose it's everywhere well and Dak's been great at that going back to his rookie year too like he's always been really good at controlling the offense, picking which plays to run, changing them up, and getting them the best look too. Like he's always been really heavy, um, at like audibleing and, and and running the right play, and that and like it's cool kind of seeing that as well too. But yeah, like I mean, this offense is screwed up, you know. Like there's no like there's no way to stop it really at all. How do you it, do it? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, just get a pass rush against Terrence Steele, and Terrence Steele's been good this year. Yeah, and what do you, and if Dak is able to see it, Dak's able to then get the ball out quicker and he'll just keep throwing the slant over. He'll just be able to pull something out, and that's the difference with this team. It's just, once again, no panic, straight calm. This isn't working. We're going to go there. Oh, that's not working too. I'll just run it. No matter what, they have something in their arsenal to be able to pull off. Yes, yeah, it's, like, it's that Mike McCarthy aura that he brings to this team. But I'm going to say this. 
It is. I don't know how you can give him an award. I think there's defensive coach of the year, right? Yeah. But Dan Quinn needs to get an award for being the greatest coach of all time. Oh, my Lord. The fact that the defense, even with injuries, it's essentially next man up. We're just going to be able to keep going. No matter who's on the field, somebody's going to make a play. This defense has been amazing because it's also been rushing the quarterback to where they're putting pressure. I love it. Micah Parsons, greatest rookie defensive player on planet Earth. Yeah, that makes sense. And like I know with Quinn, the concern is they're going to play cover three. And they really haven't been playing that much cover three. They're running an entirely different defense. Um, and we we love on the show ex-head coaches going back to being an offensive coordinator or a defense coordinator. We have that with Dan Quinn in Dallas, and it's worked out you know, a lot better than I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be like a bottom you know, six defense, and it's been you know, one of the 10 best defenses in football, especially because they're forcing turnovers like they are. And when you have a top five offense and then a top 10 defense, Matt, what's that usually spell? Tell me what does it spell. I want to know what it spells. <laughs> Tell me. It usually means Super Bowl contender. Oh, who would have thought that? Not me. Looks like I picked wrong. Oh, well. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, this is, I think, your best bit you've ever done the show. But yeah, the Patriots, like, this is the last week I'm going to watch the Patriots. They're just Thank boring. God. Like, last week, their offensive line was hurt. Um, they played, and they just ran the ball, and they were able to run a little bit because the Texans had bad run defense. They didn't really have, like, a their offense, like, worked the first half pretty well, and then they had the, they had the Harris fumble into the end zone. They kind of crushed points off of them. But then they had some incompletions, and they actually had a little bit of problems pass blocking, which, you know, helps whenever you have four offensive linemen hurt. And they were last week. And then the second half, after the Texans did the fake, fake punt, you know, they didn't stop him once after that point. Did you see that punt? The fake, fake punt? Yeah. Yeah. It it's was the a- funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. I it's my that. favorite play in the history of football. I wrote down in the notes, punt, greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, I screamed. I, heard, I was watching the game with the lady and the baby, and I screamed. I was I was so happy. And she's like, you can't do that. You woke him up. I was like, I'm sorry. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> You're never going to see a fake, fake punt ever again. I don't. And by the way, if you are able to, then you're just even more impressive than I ever could imagine. Probably manlier as well. Because, like you said, it can never be done. I don't see how you're ever able to pull this off. The highlight, the highlight of the game was that play. It was better than Davis Mills' three you know, deep passes. It was better than uh, Malik Collins' third and 18, roughing the passer penalty. It it was better than all that. But so, like, watching them, like I alluded to earlier in the show, out of all the rookie quarterbacks, the Patriots have done the best job building an offense around Jones. It's empty. It's spread sets. It's quick slants. It's quick crossers. It's, uh, it's like, play-action stuff, like, down the sideline where he has some touch. But where Mac Jones falls into problems, well, and also if you go by DVOA, Mac Jones is the best rookie quarterback so far this year which is fun too because it's more about like what their offense has done, not necessarily like the flashes or the big plays he's made this year. Um, but where Mac Jones runs into pressure, and one of the problems that he has in this game is that one of the problems that he has is that whenever he deals with interior pressure, he just throws crap up. Like whenever he gets goulashed and splattered, he just throws it up to the middle of the field and gets picked off a bunch like that. It happened to him against Miami. It happened to him against Houston last week. Um, and so I, with Dallas, the amount of stunts that they like to run, 
and how they've been able to get some interior pressure too. I think it's like how Dallas get their turnovers this week. It's being pressure through the interior. Jones gets splattered, throws it up, and maybe it happens two times, and that's kind of the big difference in this game. Hey, Matt, uh, this is the funniest thing I'm playing. I'm just rewatching. Dude, the punter being just shoved. <laughs> Literally, the guy just shoves the punter. He goes flying like five feet. It's the greatest thing. And oh, my God. And he kicks it sideways directly into him. <laughs> yes, it's so bad. And the sound it makes is beautiful, too. I just, I, there's no, <laughs> if he pulled that off, on he probably could do it again. Matt, I hate the New England Patriots. This team and the fact that people were picking them to go into the playoffs and actually to be a contender. We didn't. We didn't. No, no, we didn't. didn't. No, we knew. I'm talking about other media outlets that did. No. I thought their run defense would be good this year, though. And they have one of the worst run defenses in football. That's what's surprising. Their pass defense has been good. And like last week, their pass defense is boring. They just played cover one rat. And they they didn't blitz very much. They just rushed four. They didn't get a whole lot of pressure. And they were just taking away like the dump offs and stuff, and you know Mills beat them deep a few times, and they blitzed more in the second half, and were able to actually create some pass rush. You know what this team is? They're like the safety blanket. Like everything they do is just like playing it safe. They're just they're nothing. The, they're for... the life straw. Yeah, they're they're just so plain Jane. Where you're looking at a new house, what should I paint it? Paint it white. Why? Because it should be white, no color. Okay, should- okay, eggshell then, fine. Fine, just do it a different thing. <laughs> like, something like that, because that's what the New England Patriots are. They are eggshell white. They're so boring where it's just everything is the safe way out, where to even what you said, watching Mac Jones even throwing it after he's even a little bit remotely under pressure, he, it's just bad. He kinda, it, but I mean, like, he's pretty good under pressure, Man, but have you seen I mean, more photo? like, have you yeah, seen the I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was gonna say, have you seen that photo? People need to look up that photo. It's awful to look at. Well, what I mean by that is like, whenever pressure is coming, he does like run away immediately. Like he sits through it. But yeah, like he, that's when he it's runs in a big. Part. You see that one against the Dolphins? Which one? When he was wrapped up and he threw it backwards to John Smith and created his own fumble. So it was yeah. like a thirty-yard sack. Also, John Smith has been terrible. He's only blocking for him, and he can't catch the football. He has like five drops this year, and they're not, they're not even throwing passes at all anymore. Well, you know why? It's because he's not underneath the coach of the year anymore. Yeah, well, and also that was kind of like the point of why we raised the question, why do you pay John Smith that much money? He's never produced in a meaningful way ever. Even in Tennessee, he had some flashes. He was kind of quirky, but Cordell Patterson's like the epitome of what John Smith yeah, you would want him to be. Um, it's how he's being used in Atlanta. And so he's been bad, though. He's like Adelius Thomas. Well, completely agree. And that's the thing is that with New England, they finally spent money. But we're just going back to what we've seen. And Bill is just a terrible GM. Or whoever their GM is, if it's well, not Bill. Bill is. Yeah, it's well, just... Like, all right, well, let's go through the list. Bourne's been pretty good. Henry's been good. Mills has been pretty good. Al Galore has been... He's meaningless because they don't throw the ball downfield at all. Um, Godchild's been kind of bad. Dante Hightower's back. He's been all right, but he's kind of slow. They signed Jamie Collins. He's been fat and slow. But they, but Van Noy's been bad. Van Noy's been awful. He hasn't done anything. They brought him back. He's been kind of excruciating to watch. Um, 
every Anderson got hurt, so he doesn't really count. But yeah, these guys really haven't done a whole lot, all them. I'm just not impressed whatsoever, and I feel like even next year with this team, I, once again, I don't know where you're going and where you're going to be better. I just don't get this team. It's just plain eggshell. I don't ever want to watch this team again. If we talk about this team again, I'm going to flip my lid. I don't want to do that. I want to be nice. I don't want to do, I don't want to talk about them again. No, no, let's flip in. By the way, um, if the Dallas Cowboys lose to them, oh my god, I'm going to cry. Have y'all beat them at all? I'm not quite sure on I that. I remember Romo losing to them. Um, I don't think like, tw- like twice. Probably haven't. Yeah. In like years and years, probably in like two decades or something. Yeah, I can't really. Re- I can't remember a big Cowboys win no. against the Patriots at all. I don't know. After this week, though, I'm not gonna watch them anymore. This is Wait. it. This is the last. I'm not watching them anymore. Um, I, I don't have no time. I can't watch them. By the way, you know they're going to turn into like a Super Bowl contender because we're saying all this, and then we're going to be forced to having to watch them. And then when we go to the Super Bowl and do live interviews, we're going to live interview them, and they're going to talk smack to us. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what's going to happen. It always happens every year for us. And then we have a better chance to go into the Super Bowl than the Patriots also being good this year. Whoa! Uh, oh, well, the last thing I want to I want to read you the Bill schedule coming up. Are you ready for this? Okay, but then read me Dallas' schedule. Okay. Because the Bills are going to be like 11-1. and one. Did you... All right, also, uh, this is something I forgot to mention. We're done with the show. Let me go through here. All right, what's your pick for this one? I got to mention this. I'm going I'm to break this up into two parts also. We'll do our little quarter poll thing. Then we're going to do the, the picks because this is too long. Um, but what's your, what's your pick for this one? All right, so my pick for this one is uh, the Dallas Cowboys. We're doing another big one. I got 38. I got the New England Patriots 21. All right. I got Dallas 31, New England 17. I can't believe they're only three and a half point favorites. What? Yeah. On the road. It's it's again like what we talked about. I, I get it whenever it's coming to build. Man, I need to see this offense stopped first for me to ever believe that they're not scoring 30 points. Well, and the Patriots have problems past J.C. Jackson with Jalen Mills hurt. Juwan Williams is bad. They're like... Third, fourth, and fifth cornerbacks are bad, and you can't cover them, you know? And even, like, J.C. Jackson's been good. Like, he's probably their best defender, but he's not, like, locked down Mari Cooper or locked down C.D. Lamb good, you know? Exactly. And then even if you lock them down, hey, look, I have Dalton Schultz now all of a sudden. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. I love Dalton Uh, Schultz. The Sound of Fury, there's a character named Dalton Ames. And so like, it'd be in italics, be like, Dalton names, Dalton names, Dalton names. And so I watched Dalton Schultz play, go, Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz. <laughs> she smelled like leaves. Dalton That's Dalton, good. At least you have a cute little nickname for him now. That's nice. Yeah, I'm going to rewrite the Sound of Fury and just replace Dalton Ames with Dalton Schultz. And then send it to me. And then we got Dawson Knox. Kind of hey. similar. Um, so the Bills are playing the Titans on Monday Night, Monday Night Football. The Dolphins... The Jaguars, the Jets, the Colts, the Saints, the Patriots, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Patriots, the Falcons, the Jets. There's their toughest game left is the New Orleans Saints. Or yeah, the Bucks and then the Saints. I was gonna say it's probably the Bucks. No, no, there's one more. Who's it's for sure the Bucks? Who's before the Bucks? The Patriots. No, oh, you said Panthers. Panthers will give them a run. Not really. They're, they're funny because 
the Bills are built off the remains of the Cam Newton Panthers team. They have like eight ex-Panthers on that team. That's fair, and that's probably a revenge game. Too bad Cam's no longer there. And now it's time for the Sam Darnold. Yeah, once they're pretty much playing out like we thought they were going to play out now. Now the no. teams are able to get pressure on Darnold finally. And they don't have McCaffrey, so he doesn't have any easy throws to make. Well, I was going to say, it's also because he lost one of his, you know, their best player on their team. Yeah, just like Bridgewater last year. And nobody would admit that either. Oh, my God. It's the God. same thing. What's Bridgewater lost this year? Uh, his head. Okay. That's why. And Jerry Judy. Okay. And their left guard. Okay. The right side of the offense line is so bad. But, no, I got bone to pick with Chris Collinsworth. So, I don't watch live football at all except for the Texans. I watched that Bills Chiefs game and it was nauseating. I hate all the all the cute little gimmicky animations of here's a board of 12 words of how different people have described Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Josh Allen is fearless, tough, determined, rocket. Patrick Mahomes is creative, goat, impossible. And this is where they're they're the same names in her lap. I don't care. God, yeah. it was awful. And then Chris Collinsworth, like, not saying anything about a bad holding penalty that was called. And then there was, like, the next penalty was that rough in the pasture that was bad. And he's like, I can't believe that. That's incredible. I'm not saying it was bad because that's not my job. But that one's, you know, kind of bad or whatever. It's like, Chris, you're just completely ignoring the one right before that. And then the other thing he did too, it's like he doesn't, I don't know what he does, you know, as far as the research, but they brought the Bills schedule. And all of a sudden he realized, he goes, dang, Al, it looks like they are about to go on a run, I guess. <laughs> You're like, yeah, Chris, it's been the cards the entire time that even they lost to Kansas City, they have eight easy games coming up where it doesn't really matter. I hated it though. It was sickening. Chris Collinsworth is the worst I've ever listened to. Whenever he turned out, my, she's like, Oh, yeah, you saw that play out? Oh, you were thinking the same thing as me, weren't you? Yeah, we were thinking of that earlier today. Yeah. It's like, what the hell are you talking about, Chris? Nobody knows what you're thinking and what you were talking about earlier. Shut the hell up. Or, so or when they said Rocket, he was like, oh, I'm thinking about getting my mortgage. So I'm like, you just sit, Creedon. Oh, my You God. capitalist pig. Uh, or every single time Mahomes completed a pass. It would be like a two-yard pass, but he would go sidearm with. He's like, Al, I don't know how he does that. I'm like, it's Every not time. incredible. We've been seeing it for so long, you know? My favorite throw Mahomes made this year was that no-look interception to the Chargers. So that's how you get, doofus. Just he's wide open in the middle of the field. Just look at him and throw it. No, he has to make it pretty. If it's not pretty, it's not Mahomes. That's the rule. Seriously, though. Get Chris Collinsworth off of the late night games. I, at this point, I need somebody to find an email. See, that's who should have had the emails found about. Chris Collinsworth has some dirt out there. Don't ever try to tell me he doesn't. He has said some dirty things. Are you kidding me? Chris, I just need to make one comment. One comment, and I'm gonna I'm gonna rage a storm. Everybody in the NFL has emails saying stuff like this. Yeah, I know. Or I text it. messages or, or, you know, they've actually gone out and done, uh, you know, terrible things. But I don't know. I'm I'm hoping for the Jack Easterby emails. That's what I want. I want a new Pizzagate, but it's Pizzagate Jack Easterby style. 
Yeah, well, I'm just hoping that I'm going to get everything released instead of burned, which is most likely what's going to happen. Oh, we deleted everything. Uh, we've completed our investigation and we felt like it was best for everybody if we just deleted it all. But John Gruden's still fired. We'll see you guys later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what it is. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, and, sure. I, and like regardless of like the merits of being fired, not fired, it's just like all the optics afterwards that you have, you know, what? How many? How many thousands of emails do they have? It's uh, so I think the exact is like six hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, and they and the head trainer is being investigated for trafficking drugs right now at the moment, and they were coercing their cheerleaders to uh, post topless, and then they were also forcing them to take season ticket holders and like. Uh, vacations and things like that, like go to, uh, go to like events and that sort of thing too. I can pay like $7 an hour and this is what we get out of it. And then also the Sean Taylor Jersey retirement thing, all of a sudden this weekend is absurd as well too. Uh, I really need to find out. I need, why, why aren't you like, where's your, this is the conspiracy theory. I need this your is, the, this is the first and this is like the biggest NFL conspiracy theory of these emails. I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory though, only because everyone knows that there is so much in there. It's like well, we it's, don't, but we don't have access to it. Like Gruden stuff, so my gave it to New York Times. Why and the they, New York Times published the Gruden stuff specifically, but not any of the other stuff. Why is that? I don't know, Taylor. And you know why? It's because the other stuff is much worse. I believe so. Oh, 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 you can't tell me that it doesn't also have Robert Kraft and his massage parlor in there. Robert Kraft's uh, Robert Kraft's visit to Epstein Island. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that there's a lot of Epstein photos in there too. Okay, I mean, this is the rabbit hole. This is True Detective season one, but Man. but NFL style. I would love to have that. I want to do this, Matt. Let's get an email. Let's just do it. Let's hack. We can hack, right? You you know a guy. They didn't, even, they, they didn't even hack this. this. is their own investigation. You're smart. You can hack. What's no, hack? I can't hack at all. Um, so the Cowboys schedule. You ready? I'm ready. Minnesota, Denver, Atlanta, Kansas City, Vegas, New Orleans, Washington, New York Giants, Washington, Arizona, Philadelphia. The only game is Arizona. I mean, this is tougher than Buffalo's. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if I'm going to go It's a lot that. tougher than Buffalo's. It's only because the division. Yeah. I'm in a hard division. You know, NFC East, killers. Yeah. <laughs> um. So to recap, I have Indy 31-13. You have Houston 18-25. to The spread's 10-point Indy at home. Chargers, Baltimore, the Lions, Baltimore, three-point favorites. I have the Chargers 38-23. You have the Chargers 33-27. Cincy, Detroit, the Pina Bowl. I have the Bengals 28-13. You have the Bengals 28-13. I have the Bengals 27-23. The Lions three and a half with the Bengals being favorites. Dallas, Patriots, Dallas are three and a half point favorites on the on the road. Um, the Cowboys, I have them 31-17. You have them 38-21. So for our lock for the week, I have the Chargers plus three against the Baltimore Ravens. No, 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 no. That's my upset of the week. My upset of the week are the Chargers plus three against the Ravens. 
right. So my upset of the week is going to be the New York Giants over the Los Angeles Rams because it's a 10 and a half is what I have to show you. Yeah, so, it's 10 and a half. Okay. And I'm going to say that New York Giants cover that. And then I'm going to say my lock. I mean, I'm re- I have to do this. I have to say my lock is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers over Seattle Seahawks because Geno's starting, right? I kind of like Geno, but yeah. I see yeah, everyone's been all of a sudden liking Geno. I've always, is, I've always liked Geno, though. Positive articles about Geno this week. I'm like, okay, I need a lock. I need somebody to just whoop his ass. I, I don't know. Geno's a good guy. I've oh. always liked Geno. Remember oh. when he got punched in the face by his own team over that poker game? Hey, the guy. Yeah. He promised the guy money. Yeah, he lost. He didn't pay up, and he got punched yeah. in the face over ten thousand dollars. So what happens? Yeah, I like Gino though. I like how big his nostrils are. I want to pick his nose. That's, I I don't know what that has anything. You know, I don't know what to do with that. He has big nostrils. So you want to pick his nose? Yeah, it's like it's like being high on LSD. You know, your nostrils are enormous. I wouldn't know that, but it's like I read about it. You know. So you're saying he does cocaine? No, I'm not saying he does cocaine. Blow. I'm not saying that at all. Never said that. Uh, My lock is Chiefs plus six and a half against the Washington football team. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's a lot of points, though, for the Chiefs. You know that they're going to turn the ball over at least twice. Fine. They Washington can't play zone coverage, but uh, that's it. That's our show for tonight. Whatever. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, the closing thoughts are Kansas City. Do you think they're going to be able to pull this out? Oh, uh, make the playoffs? Yeah. I hope not. Man, wow. Wow. I really hope not. Interesting. Because okay. like, even if it's um, you know, L.A., Baltimore, Cleveland. Man, L.A.'s going to fall. No. Tennessee. Said Vegas. Never mind. Keep going. Yeah. So let's say Tennessee, Buffalo. Baltimore, Cleveland, Chargers, then it's either up to the Broncos or the Bengals to bounce them out. Okay, well, Broncos aren't going to bounce them out, so we they have could. to... Matt, stop. No, they're not. The Broncos are already fading. Yeah, because Teddy Guy's head hit. Matt, stop blaming that. It's. I mean, it's, a, it's not blame. Oh, yeah? Well, Joe Burrow has a throw. It's contusion. evidence. It's throat contusion. It's not the same thing. I think it's a bigger deal. No, it's not. Throat, bigger deal than head. Oh, no. I don't want to see it. I hope they don't make the playoffs. I still think they get in. It's like that third wild card. It's interesting. They're really interesting to me because I I don't know what the hell is going on overall. I told you. No. I told you two don't. months ago. No. Yeah. Once again, we are. No. I told you, know you what? two months ago. It's going to be an argument for different ones. I'm not doing this right now. Yeah, we don't need to argue about it. I told you two months ago. Yeah, you're wrong. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Good. Until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Red Radio. And thank you for me on Scott Taylor. We're going to go do Squid Games. That sounded good to me. I thought it was pretty good. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.